0: Feast of Jehovah. Am I in the way of somebody? Of anybody? Okay, that's good. So I'll just stand here. Um, I will confess right away that these slides were written so fast, right, that I am not even, I didn't even re them. So, if anything is pointing up instead of pointing down and things like that, please you forgive me. In any case, I, I'm not like run, I don't have IT skills, you know, I'm not a sophisticated person, I'm just a simple person. But I tried my best to try and put in slides not a lot of things, just a few things that will capture maybe your attention once we go through these studies. I mean, as we have been going through all the studies, this has been my, the verses that we have been repeating again and again and again and i am not tired to repeat it again to say this is the word of the lord and i that am the lord thy god from the land of egypt will yet make thee to dwell in tabernacles as in the days of the solemn feasts feast i have also spoken by the prophets i have multiplied visions and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophets. And we focus particularly on that phrase, the use of similitudes, which are pictures that God uses to communicate to us. So as we go through these things, we'll also remind ourselves that that is from the Old Testament. In the New mm-hmm. Testament, God has always spoken to us as well. And this is what the Word of God says from verse 44: whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. So the things we're going to look at they are in the Old Testament written in a foretime but they are for our learning as we live today. We know there are seven feasts that are called the feasts of Jehovah and the first one we've dealt with the first one the Passover and we've dealt with the unleavened bread and we've dealt with the first fruit. Today we'll try and deal with the feast of weeks. We're going to read from Leviticus chapter 23 and verses 15 to 22. You can read from the screen or you can follow from your Bible but I will read from my Bible here for tonight's portion. And it shall count unto you from the morrow, which is tomorrow, after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering. So here, if you remember, we are still referring to the first fruit. And from that wave offering, and as we still remember, it's on the day after the Sabbath, which is the first day of the week. So from that day, so we are counting... From that day of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Now, when it talks about Sabbaths or weeks, Scripture is referring to seven. So this is seven, seven. Seven weeks. Seven by seven days. So we get 49 days. So even unto the morrow, after the seventh seven Sabbaths, shall you number 50 days. And you shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. You shall bring out of your habitation two loaves of of two-tenths deals. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be bacon with leaven. They are the first fruit of the Lord. And you shall offer with the bread seven lambs without blemish of the first year and one young bullock and two rams. They shall be for a burnt offering unto the Lord, with their meat offering and and their drink offering even an offering made by fire of sweet savour unto the Lord then you shall sacrifice one kid of the goats for a sin offering and two lambs of the first year for a sacrifice of the peace offering and the priest shall wave them with the bread of the first fruit for a wave offering before the Lord with the two lambs they shall be holy to the Lord for the priest. And you shall proclaim on the selfsame day that it may be an holy convocation unto you. You shall do no servile work. Therein it shall be a statute forever in all your dwellings without, uh, throughout your generations. And when you reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not make clean readers of the corners of the field when thou reapest. Neither shalt thou gather any gleaning of thy harvest. Thou shalt leave them unto the poor and to the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Now, we would remember that the first three feasts that we dealt with, the first one was the feast of Passover. This was dated The 14th. So it was on the 14th day of the first month. And the next one, remember that it wasn't dated as such because it was a long period, covered seven days, beginning on the after the Sabbath, which is the first day of the week, which is the feast of unleavened. And then during that period, we also had the feast of the first fruit. Now, we would remember that these particular two feasts. We're grouped together And the next two feasts Will also be grouped together Starting with the first fruits So 50 days then After 49 days after the first fruit That's when we have Our fourth fruit So, so our fourth feast So this is now the middle of the seven feasts That we'll be looking at today So it is seven sabbaths Which is seven by seven which is 49 days from the day of the wave offering of the first fruit, which is on the day after the morrow of the Sabbath, so which is Sunday in today's calendar. So the next feast, the fourth one, will be Sunday, 49 days. You are on to Saturday. And then the next day after that, that's day number 50. And this is where we are with the feast of weeks. So this feast is in the month of, in the third month, which is called Sivan if you wanna, Yeah, I think it's called Sivan It's the third month of Sivan And this is when the Jews are now harvesting wheat The first fruit was barley But in the fourth feast It's wheat that they're harvesting at this time Now, there's a couple of things We've already mentioned that these first two ones, they are grouped together. And we know that if you read from the Bible, from verse 9, up to, from verse 1 up to verse 8, Scripture tells us, Thus says the Lord, or rather, the Lord spoke to Moses. So between these two, the Lord speaks once to say the Lord speaks to Moses. And when we get to verse 9, the Lord again, is tell, Scripture tells us, the Lord again says, the Lord speaks to Moses. So the Lord, the, the word of God groups those first two together. And also equally, from verse 9, when he starts speaking about the first fruits, it groups it together. The next time scripture says, the Lord speak, speak to Moses, is in verse 23, I believe. And that is when it's after the end of the Feast of Weeks. So we can then safely group this. We can see that the language that God is using is very specific to group these particular feasts. And so now these two are treated together. And we can see that there's quite a lot that is common about these two feasts. And we will look at them together tonight and what it means. There's a number... Um, of Names that are used in scripture Just to be clear so that we are not Confused about this feast, And this will show to us that they are actually Very related feasts If we go to Exodus chapter 23 The same feast, the feast of weeks Is referred to as the feast of harvest So you have to read the context Where this Phrase um, First fruits or This feast, where, where, where these feasts Are mentioned to understand Which feast is referred to Because, for example, if you go to Numbers chapter 28, you also find this phrase, first fruit, first fruits, also in the day of the first fruits. But if you read the context that that particular verse is talking about, it's not talking about the third feast, this one. It's talking about the fourth feast. And that's because these two are very related. But then again, when you come to the New Testament we refer to this as Pentecost. It's the same feast to the Jews, the day is the day of Pentecost, and that's because this is a Greek word which means 50. So that's why we refer to it as Pentecost. So as we can see, there's quite a lot of similarities between these two feasts. The first similarity that we notice between these two feasts is that They both have wave offerings, the first fruit and the fruit of weeks. They also have meat offerings, the first fruit and the feast of weeks. And they are also on the same day of the week. Remember, the Passover is on the 14th day which may not necessarily be the same day every week. And we know that um, the Feast of, uh, of Unleavened Bread is the day after, but the Feast of Weeks is on the Sabbath, after the Sabbath, which is the first day of the week, which could be on any date because the relationship starts from the Passover, which is on the 14th, which could be at any time of the week. So they are very similar, these feasts. But there is one particular difference that we are going to look at tonight that makes them different. We will notice that from verse 17, it says, You shall bring out of your habitation two waves of two tenth deals, sorry, you shall bring out of your habitation two wave loaves of two tenth deals, and there shall be of fine flour. This is common between the first, the the between the first of right. I'll try and rephrase again. This is common between the third feast and the fourth feast. But we notice that on this on the fourth feast there is a remarkable difference in that these two wave loaves, they are bacon with leaven. The first feast, the third feast was not bacon with leaven. It was only fine flour. And we see here that God is making a distinction between these two feasts. <laughs> Even though they seem so similar, But he's going to differentiate them not because God is haphazard but because God is communicating even during the Old Testament that God is going to do something that is different. We would remember that in the first fruit the third feast the first fruit there that is referred to is different To this phrase of first fruits That is in this particular feast The first fruit that is in verse 10 of chapter 23 If you have a Bible like mine You will see that it's got an S which is an italics Because it's really not first fruits It is first fruit Because that particular feast Is prophesying the first fruit That was to come That is singularly because it refers to one person and in that feast, yes, there is fine flour, but unlike in this particular feast, there is no leaven. Why? Because in the third feast, the fine flour and the fruit, that is singular, is referring to the person of Christ who has no defilement about him. He is pure he is perfect. He has no spot. He's absolutely the fitting fitting uh, description of our Lord. But when we look at the third feast, we have leaven in those two loaves. What has changed there? Because God is communicating that he is going to make something new. He is going to bring two loaves, so to speak, of people. There is going to be a two people that have leaven in them. This is unlike the first person who is referred as the first fruit, who is the Lord, who has no leaven in him. But in these two loaves, we see leaven. Because there is going to come a time when there will be two type of people that will be offered equally on equal standing before God. Yes, they have leaven. But they will be God's people. They will be both offered to God. They will both belong to God. How do we know this? Let us look at Acts chapter 2. We mentioned that the word Pentecost refers, refers to, that, to, to this feast, the fourth feast. And in Acts chapter 2 it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come... They were all with one accord in one place. Why does Scripture say, fully come? This is not the first uh, uh, feast of, 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 of weeks that the Jews were observing. They have been having the, 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 the feast of first fruit, the feast of weeks, since they came into the land. But here Scripture tells us, tells us specifically that as the scripture refers to this particular incident in, in the book of Acts. Here, Pentecost, or the Feast of Weeks, is fully come. That gives us a hint. That gives us the language that God is speaking to us, that even though there have been many feasts before, they were all types. They were all similitudes. They were all pictures but there is gonna come a time when these feasts that they were doing, they will come into full realization. What this feast was talking about in the past, as the Jews did these things, the only thing that they thought about is oh, we're just thanking God for the harvest. But God was talking more than that in this feast. And now, Scripture tells us when we arrive in Acts chapter 2 that what Scripture has long been talking about now comes to fruition. It now fully comes. So we see here a marked demarcation where God starts something that is new, bringing in the two loaves that have got living. We are not perfect, we have living in ourselves. The Jews who have been doing this feast all these years, they are not perfect. They have leaven in them. But if you went to the Jew as he proclaimed the Shema, if you asked a Jew who they were, they would tell you about the Shema. Hear, all Israel, the Lord your God is one God. And to them, the God of the Bible was their God. And as they observed this feast in the, in the Old Testament, the Gentile would be standing outside only looking from afar. He wasn't allowed to come close because as far as these Jews understood it, this God of the Bible was only their own private God. But God had greater and grander plans than that. He was going to bring two loaves, men that are imperfect from Africa, from Europe from America and he's going to bring them together and he's going to start something new he's going to start a new birthday how do we know this Ephesians chapter 2 for he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us Where was this wall? This wall was standing between the Gentiles and the Jews. And so in Ephesians here, the Spirit of God tells us that God was going to make both one. He was going to bring together that which was separated before and will bring together to make one. Let's read one again. James chapter 1. Of his own will beget he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Do you see what scripture is telling us? The Jews as they looked at these feasts, they saw them as just some celebration But in the mind of God, God who had concealed things past, you and I now who have the benefit of scripture can see now in the mind of God that all along he was putting together a picture of what was in his mind to put together, to compile unto himself a time when it will come when Gentiles will be brought together with the Jews on equal footing and be acceptable unto God. We are no longer spectators watching the Jews from outside. We are no longer spectators watching from a distance. Now we are brought as a wave offering along with the Jews. Now it doesn't matter. Why? Because God has started a new thing because in Acts chapter 2 when this Pentecost came to fruition was fulfilled the birth of the church began there had never been a site when the Gentiles and the Jews would worship together as Gentiles and as Jews God was starting a new Thing. We should understand folks That The church That we are part of today Is a new thing The church that we are part of it, Part of today Is Something that is based On a new covenant When the Lord was talking to the disciples And as he broke the bread And as he, broke, he gave them the wine He said This is my new covenant. So he, God was going to start something that is completely new. The church is unique as we stand here before God in that now we no longer ask each other what their heritage is. We no longer ask each other if we are second sized or not. We no longer ask, ask each other where we come from. We now come together with the leaven that is in us, but we all come together as God's accepted people because of the work of Christ. This is a new thing that was never known before. God now, as he is now on the third feast, he is now positioning us the other three feasts, they are all in the past. But the church we are talking about is in the today and in the now. Now, I think I mentioned this before. We're not going to look at the different offerings that are in here, the band offering, and that is deliberate because I do intend and hope as the elders of the church, that we are going to talk about these particular offerings, because they have a meaning. But if we delve into them today, the hours of the day would not suffice to cover everything that we have to talk about. So, now, very quickly, (laughs) Romans chapter 8 as well. And not only they, but ourselves also, which are the first fruit of the Spirit, even we, ourselves, grown. Within ourselves. So once again, Scripture describes us as the first fruit. Where are we now? As I close, we remember that the first four, first four feasts are all fulfilled in the sense that they have been fulfilled literally and they have been fulfilled spiritually. The Passover, the Jews have observed it practically and the Lord as the Passover has been in this world. Feast of unleavened bread speaks of the purity and the sanctification that is within us the Jews have observed it practically and indeed spiritually for those that fear the Lord and the feast of first fruits first fruit you say fruits but scripture refers to fruit the fruit has been and has no leaven in it the Lord has been and has gone back to heaven. And now, as we look at the Feast of Weeks, the two loves have been brought together. The Jew and the Gentile have been brought together. We are now living together with Jews acceptable to God on equal terms. In times past, if you wanted the benefits of the Jews, you had to go through a ceremony to become Jewish, he had to be circumcised. He had to do their rituals in order for you to come into the goodness of the God of the Jews. But now, as we are in the Feast of Weeks, the Pentecost, the church has been born. And the question is what next? All these, they are history. But after the Feast of Weeks, there is a long gap. The first four weeks, they are from the first month to the third month. The next feast that we are going to look at, the feast of blowing the trumpets, is on the ninth month. There is a huge gap between the last, the feast before it, the feast of weeks, which is in the third month, to the ninth month, when we have the next feast, the feast of blowing of trumpets. Why is that so? I'll submit to you. After the third month to the ninth month, do you know what the Jews were doing? They were harvesting. There is not much here that happens in the Jewish calendar, calendar in terms of major events. Other than the normal Sabbath and freewill offerings. There is nothing major that happens during this time. Why? Because they are busy harvesting. Ever since the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2, The church has been gathering them in. The harvest has been ongoing. Why has the Lord not come yet? Because the harvest is still ongoing. And it's been a while. Because God is still doing the harvesting. We are going on the streets on Saturday. What are we going to do? We are going on the streets because we are part of God's program To bring them in. Mm -hmm. Bring them in. These feasts have been these feasts of blowing of trumpets. We haven't seen it. because we are all still in this phase at this moment the church growth it may look very dim here in the United Kingdom but God is serving men and women and boys and girls in China Mm -hmm. believe it or not one of the things that Kim Jong Un hates is the verses that people in North in South Korea they put into balloons and send them across into North Korea. He hates it. He hates it. Why? Because even in North Korea, God is serving people who are going to be shocked when we reach Italy. God's church is growing. Read the book of Daniel. When you get to, to the book of Daniel, you find that there are 70 weeks that are spoken of in the book of Daniel. But there is a pause in week 49 when he is cut off from the living. There is a pause between week 69 and week 70. Why is that so? There is a pause between week three and week nine. There has been a pause since the Lord was last seen in this world. He was last seen hanging on a cross. He was last seen by a few As he ascended ascended into heaven. And he promised them that he was coming soon. But it's been 2,020 years. Mm. That's a long pause, folks. That's because the feast of blowing of trumpets is the next step In God's plan When you read Matthew chapter 24 Matthew warns About you will hear Oh the Lord is here in this place Is in this place Don't go There is no major event that is going to happen I will submit to you Since the church has been born Until the event of blowing of trumpets when the trumpets were blown, they were blown for the whole land of Israel to hear. When the Lord comes, when the trumpet sounds, nobody is going to say, oh, is he in Egypt, or is he in Israel? Everybody will see him. They will mourn him, the Jews, that is, As a mother mourns for his child. They will see his pierced hands. They will beat their breasts. But he is coming. Mm -hmm. We are in a phase of pause. We are not told. When the disciples tried to ask the Lord in Acts chapter 1. They tried to find out when is this going to happen. But the Lord said it is not for you to know the times. We don't know when the feast of blowing of trumpets is going to happen. But it is coming. Make no mistake. If these four feasts were fulfilled literally in practical, historical, prophetic fulfillment, you can bank your house, dear saint of God, that the rest of the three feasts are going to happen. We get sidetracked when we see things, because we're, comparing, we are comparing the things that we're seeing to this world. When we see legislation coming across, when we see the things that are happening in other places, if you're anything like me, you get absorbed and we lose sight of the fact that, hang on a second, all these things that we're seeing, we know how the story ends. Mm-hmm. It does matter. We know how the story ends. The trumpets are going to be blown. Maybe by then we'll all be incarcerated in prisons. We don't know. Maybe they'll throw throw us out of our jobs. We don't know. But as surely as these four feasts were fulfilled, God will fulfill the next coming three feasts. We're going to look at that when we next talk about this. I know I've taken a little bit more time, but I feel very passionate about this because Mm. if there is anything, maybe it's because I'm getting old, if there is anything that we need to remind ourselves as God's people, we should never lose sight of the fact that the Lord is coming. Mm. We should never lose sight of the fact that he will come. He has redeemed us spiritually. He will come and he will redeem us physically. Mm-hmm. As you struggle with sin, dear saint of God, he will come and he will give you a body that will suffer no more from the plagues of sin. Mm-hmm. We, If you love Christ, you know that every time you fall short, it grieves your heart. We don't dive into sin. But we have leaven in our bodies. And sometimes the enemy can tell you that you are not saved. Dear saint of God, Christ will come and he will take away this thorny flesh. Are you suffering in sickness? Christ will come. All this sickness It's going to go away. I could tell you some things that are very personal to me, but the thing that keeps me going is that I know how the story ends. Mm -hmm. If we put this into perspective, no matter what you may lose your house. I'm not saying these things are small. They're not small. You may lose a. You might be looking for a job. We're praying for Sister uh, uh, Amu. We're praying for Brother Rana. We're praying. We'll be praying for you, brother, as well as you wait for for, for your application at at American Embassy. We don't know whether they'll give you the visa or not. We don't know all those things. We might catch COVID. We might catch cancer. We might even die. But we know how the story ends. We are the most comforted people that have ever lived. Knowing where we are going and how God is going to put it all together. May these simple things encourage you in these last days, difficult as they are, as we know that our God is not a failing God. He has fulfilled the first four. He will fulfill the next three. Let us pray. Amen. Our precious Lord, we always thank you for the magnificence, Lord, of your word. We always thank you, Lord, for the truth that is in them. We always thank you, Lord, that you, you talk to us into our